Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Luke chapter 2, verse 41. I realize that we have been in a series of messages on the family project, and our small groups are studying the family project, and uh, the small groups will continue to study. It's a 12-week study in the small groups, uh, but I'm not going to continue for 12 weeks here. As a matter of fact, I'm going to try to bring some closure to it, um, but I want to do this little mini-series at the end that picture not come through there the little mini series at the end is what i want to try to do here and 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 talk to you a little bit out of luke chapter 2 verse number 52 okay Uh, so i'm going to share four more final messages really just wrapping up the family project uh, but i want to put this little on this message at the tail end of this family project sermon series that Uh, We've been preaching on since uh, the Sunday after Easter. Okay, so in Luke chapter two and verse number 41, I want you to look at what this family is doing. Okay, Uh, now when I read this, it's going to be very familiar text to you. You've read this dozens of times and, and you've read through it. But as you're reading this, I want you to think about the family. Okay, I want you to think about what this particular family is doing, all right? And then we're going to get down to verse number 52 where I really want to unpack this little mini-series of four sermons that I'm going to be speaking out of Luke chapter 2, verse 52, okay? So in verse 41, it says, Every year his parents traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom of the festival. And after those, those days were over, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Have you ever left your kid at church? How many's ever done that? You left your kid at church? That's what took place right here. The family is traveling to Jerusalem, and some of you are laughing. So that's telling me that you've left your kids at church before. Uh, but anyhow, they've gone up to worship, and they're leaving, and they realize in their big caravan of all the family that's traveling together that they did not have the boy, Jesus, with them. It says, after those days were over, they were returning. The boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming he was in the traveling party, they went another day's journey. Okay? So they've traveled quite a bit. How many of you dads have ever been driving the family on vacation or driving to an event somewhere and you're at least a well hour into the trip and somebody forgot something that they have to have, whether it's at a restaurant or a rest area or something, and, and you've got to turn around and drive all the way back. You ever done that? Yeah, some of you dads, I know you've done that. How would you like to travel a day's journey? Not in a Cadillac with air condition. Are you with me? And realize your boy's not there. And turn around. Well, that's what's taking place here. And uh, so they go back. And when they did find him in verse number 45, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. And after, after, when they did not find him, they returned to search for him. Verse 46, after three days, they found him. I don't know about you. Whenever I read scripture, there's things that just pop out into my mind. Uh, after three days, they found him as a boy. 
Well, after three days, there's something else significant when they found him. You remember when that was? After the crucifixion and the burial, and three days later, they found him. So he likes to hide away for like three days at a time, right? Are you with me? Just an observation. I mean, just kind of be, be loose with me here a little bit, okay? I'm going somewhere with all of this. After three days, they found him in the temple complex, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all those who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And why are you searching for me? He asked them. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Verse 51. And then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. I like that passage of Scripture. Jesus honored his parents, right? He was, he, he was obedient to them. So one of the best ways that we can honor our parents is to be obedient to them, right? But that's not the message, I just, just an observation. So his mother kept all these things in her heart. Have you ever pondered to think all the things that a mother keeps in her heart? Well, that's a great Mother's Day text anyway. So anyway, I don't want to preach on that either. But those are just things that just jump into my mind. Verse 52 is where I'm trying to get to, okay? And Jesus increased in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and man. If you remember several weeks ago, whenever I first started preaching on the sermon or the family project we had our family table out here that we used to raise our children around and teach our children and eat at the dinner table and play games and it was our table and if you remember I shared with you a passage of scripture that we really felt convicted of as young parents at the time <laughs> we've gotten old right uh, we were in our 20s when we had, well, I was 25 when Tyler was born because I turned 50 and he turned 25. So as we were in our 20s and raising kids and now we're in our 50s, as young parents, though, there was a conviction that we had. And it was really based out of Luke chapter 2, verse number 52. And it said that Jesus increased in these four areas of his life. He increased in wisdom. He increased in stature, he increased in favor with God, and he increased in favor with man. The intellect, right, the physical, the spiritual, the social. Those are four foundational areas that Jesus increased in that I think all of us really ought to pay attention to in our own personal life, but also in the life of our family. We need to be spending some time working in these four areas of our life. So I thought the way that I wanted to close out the Family Project sermon series was to tag these four areas, many sermons if you will, on the end. Now there's a whole series of sermons you could preach on each of these. But I just want to kind of give you a taste of what this looks like whenever you start thinking about how Jesus increased in wisdom, the mind, thinking, the intellect, 
And I want to spend some time thinking and talking about that today as we glean together from God's Word. Let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Father, we stand in need of you this hour. And Lord, we're nothing without you. And Lord, I just pray that you speak to our hearts, to our minds, help us to receive the Word of God. I pray that the Holy Spirit would do His work as you teach us in John 14, 15, and 16, that He would finger around in our hearts, that you would convict us, that you would finger around with areas in our life that we need to pay attention to. And Father, I pray that you help us to grow to where we become more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. And our prayer is, as Martin Luther prayed many years ago, that the Holy Spirit of God would take the Word of God and make us all more like the Son of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Another passage of Scripture that I think is important whenever we look at this and we're talking about the value of good thinking or the intellect or the mind, that's where I want to park today. In these four areas where Jesus had balance, I think we need to be sure that we are in balance in all four of, of these areas. And if we're going to have a healthy, balanced family, if we're going to have a healthy, balanced life, I think we've got to pay attention to these four areas because Scripture really has a lot to say about all four of these different areas. And if the Holy Spirit of God in leading Dr. Luke to pin these words in Luke chapter 2 verse 52 thought it important enough to put it in the inspired version of the Word of God, then we need to pay attention to it. Even if it's just one verse, we still need to pay attention to it. So there's another verse that really complements whenever we start thinking about the mind, whenever we start thinking about our thinking, the intellect, if you will, there's another verse that comes into play. And that verse is Romans 12 and verse number 2. Listen to what it says. It says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, there's two words I want you to pay attention to. The first word is the word conformed. Do not be conformed or do not conform. Now, out beside that in the margin of your Bible or the margin of your mind, I want you to write this word passive. That is a very passive action. For us to conform to something, we really don't have to do a thing. Right? Everybody with me? Hello. For us to conform to something, it's very passive. We just do nothing. And before long, we are conformed to whatever that something is. You take a man's wallet, and I don't carry a wallet in my back pocket because I just don't like a bulge in my back pocket whenever I'm sitting down. But some guys do. And you take out your wallet. Some of you guys take out your wallet. Who has a wallet in their back pocket? Who carries a wallet? Dan, bring me your wallet. I promise you I won't get anything out of it. But I want you to look at this wallet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, where's our ushers? I'll meet you over here with, bring the offering basket. I'm going to, no, 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 I'm just kidding. I want you to look at this. Look at this wallet. You see the contour of it? You see the edges of it, how they fold around? Now, I know when you buy these things in the store, they don't look like this, do they? No. They're very flat. 
right? But this thing has some character, right? It's conformed to what? Dan's tush. Are you with me? Thank you, Dan. Yeah. Now, Dan, that wallet didn't do a thing to be conformed in that way. What did it do? It just hung out real close to Dan's body, right? Passive. Guys, if we are not, here's a key word. If we are not intentional in living our life, if we are not intentional about transformation, then we're going to wind up being conformed to the culture, to society, to whatever it is that we're involved in all the time. Right? So therefore, we're going to have to be intentional. So out beside the word conform, I want you to just think about the word passive. Out beside the word transformed, I want you to write the word aggressive. Because there's some aggression that's going to have to take place on your part in this whole transformation. Now, I realize the Greek word. I understand the beauty of that. It's talking about from the inside out. And we can use a caterpillar to a a cocoon to a beautiful butterfly. And I understand how all that works. But let me tell you something. When that caterpillar is in that cocoon, he's not passive. Are you with me? What's he doing? He's kicking and fighting and squirming. And, and it's, it's amazing how the transformation takes place, is it not? But he's not passive while he's there. Same thing for us. The Bible says that we are not to conform any longer to the pattern of this world. If you just passively live every day of your life without intentionally transforming, being aggressive in the transformation that needs to start taking place in your mind, then at the end of the day, you're going to look and smell and act and think just like the world looks and acts and smells and thinks. Right? And put any other adjective or any other word you want to put in there. Right? So there's something that we must do. And so that's why I want to spend today talking a little bit about our mind, talking a little bit about our thinking. Now, I want you to look. It says we're transformed by what? By willpower? No. We're transformed by good works? No. We're transformed by turning over a new leaf? No. The Bible says we are transformed by the renewing of the mind. Now, in Proverbs 23 and verse number 7, I want you to listen to what the Bible says. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, stay with me here. We're we're fixing to get some traction. We're getting ready to take off down this road. Okay? But as a man, what? Read the next word. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So therefore, friends, we must understand the value of good thinking. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, please don't misunderstand me. And I've watched Christians and I've watched preachers, I've watched people slam this type of thinking because they, they somehow think that we're replacing positive thinking with redemption work of salvation, of repentance and I'm nowhere close to that right now, okay? So I'm not talking about salvation. 
right? I'm talking about victorious Christian living, okay? You understand what I'm talking about? Now, you're not going to be saved by thinking better. You're going to be saved when you realize, when you think enough to realize that you're a sinner. And Jesus died for our sins and was buried and rose again the third day. And we repent and confess and accept him as our Lord. That's when salvation takes place. So don't misunderstand what I'm talking about here. But the word of God has a lot to say about the way that we think. And so I want to try to help you understand the value of good thinking. So let me give you a few thoughts about thinking. Okay? Let me give you, there's five of them I want to hit real quickly. This is just my way of introduction. Do you realize that everything begins with a thought? Everything begins with a thought. Ralph Waldo Emerson says this. He says, life consists of what a man is thinking about all day. I think that's a pretty good thought. Everything begins with a thought. Number two, what we think determines who we are. Who we are determines what we do. While you're meditating on that and letting that sink in, there's a quote by John Lockie, and he says this, The actions of men are, are the best interpreters of their thoughts. Have you ever wondered what someone was thinking? <laughs> Whenever I think about this, I think about, it's amazing how much we think, right? <laughs> I think about when I was a boy watching Gilligan's Island. How many of you are familiar with Gilligan's Island? You remember that? Remember the professor, he brought up this type of solution. That if they drank this, they would be able to know what everyone was thinking. And he thought this would bring great harmony to everyone that was on this deserted island because they were shipwrecked there. And you understand the story. So there's the skipper and Gilligan and there's um, Ginger and Marianne. There's professor and Mr. and Mrs. Howe. Right? You guys with me? So they all drink this stuff one by one, and then it turns into a huge uproar. Everybody's mad at everybody because they know what each other is thinking. Now, we have no secret potion today that we can drink so that we know what you're thinking. But have you ever thought, I wonder what he or she may be thinking? Well, here's a, here's a good way you can discover what that is. If you will watch them long enough, what they are thinking will come out and be revealed by their actions. Are you with me? What they're thinking will be revealed by what they do, by their actions. Or, some people have no filter, and what they're thinking they just put on Facebook. <laughs> Okay, here, here we go. Let's get off of that. Number three, here's the third thing. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that one. I, kind of, I just thought of that right here. Right here. I shouldn't have said it, right? <laughs> Number three, our thoughts determine our destiny. Get this. Our thoughts determine our destiny. Our destiny determines our legacy. I like that. Our thoughts determine our destiny. James Allen said this. He said, you are today where your thoughts have brought you. You will be tomorrow where your thoughts take you. Listen, if you're not happy about where you are today, then you need to change your thought process a little bit so you can be somewhere else different tomorrow. Now let that sink in. Because what we're thinking is going to be revealed in our actions, and our actions oftentimes... Often are going to lead us places, 
And our thoughts determine our destiny, and our destiny determines our legacy. Number four, get this one. People who go to the top or people who are successful or people who have are just positive people and doing great things, either for the Lord or in their careers, I want you to see this. They think differently than others. They think differently than others. William Ward says this, Nothing limits achievements like small thinking. Nothing expands possibilities like unleashed thinking. And then number five, get this one. We can change the way we think. Do you believe that? Sure, sure we can. We can change the way we think. The Apostle Paul had something to say about that. In Philippians 4.8, he says, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be anything praiseworthy, he says to think on these things. So a lot of times when it comes to our thinking, we say that's purely secular, it's not scriptural, it's not spiritual, so we ignore it. That's probably the worst thing you could do because it is scriptural. The Bible, God's Word, has a lot to say about the way we think. And the Bible says that Jesus increased in this wisdom, his intellect, his mind. I put a saying out the other day on one of my status, and it says this, If I improve my thinking, it will impact my beliefs, which would change my expectations, which affects my attitude, which changes my behavior, which improves my performance, and that, my friends, will change my and your life. But it all starts with us thinking. Philippians 4.8, it's what I just quoted to you. I think I've got it on the screen here. Finally, brothers, whatsoever is... I want you to read what we're to be thinking on. Whatever is true, let's say it together. True, honorable, just... Pure, lovely, commendable. Stop right there. Let's say it again. Whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. The Bible says we're to be dwelling on these things. We are to be thinking on these things. We are to be meditating on these things. How many of you guys have ever, and gals, ladies, how many of you have ever gotten in a bad mood and you wondered, why did I get in a bad mood? And you got in a bad mood because you were thinking about something negative. Has that been you? That's happened to me. I mean, all of a sudden, I'll find myself just grouchy. And I mean, I'm just ready to, I don't know, I'm just done. <laughs> you ever got there? I'm like, why in the world am I like this? What in the world has just happened? And I think back over the last usually two minutes. It doesn't take me long to get there. <laughs> I think back, and it's usually because I was thinking about something very, very negative. And next thing you know, I'm a, I'm a pessimist. And the sky's falling, nobody loves me, and let's all quit. You ever been there? Right. So, so we gotta, I realize I'm not thinking on things that are true. I'm not thinking on things that are honorable or just or pure or lovely or commendable. And so I'll, I'll immediately change the way I start thinking. Next thing you know, 
the, the storm clouds are rolling away. The sky is bright blue. The sun is shining. The grass is green. Everything's wonderful. Life is good again, right? Are you with me, guys? There, there is influence that the mind has over the body and over our emotions. And I think those are some of the things that we need to get in check. Now, I want to show you this picture. I want to show you this picture of this lady. Now, there are two ladies in this picture. One is a very beautiful, elegant lady. The other looks more like a, maybe a, a homeless, sheltered lady. One lady has a, has a huge, huge, big nose and a pointed chin. The other lady has a very sleek cheekbone and a very small nose. Do you see it? How many see the older lady with the very, very big nose? That's, that's what I want you to see. I want you to focus now. I want you to think, I want to see this, this older lady that looks like maybe she's homeless with this very big nose, this protruding chin. How many see that right now? Raise your hand. Okay, let's change the way we think. Let's look for the beautiful lady. Let's right now look at this beautiful lady. Let's find this beautiful lady. To give you a hint, she's looking away a little bit. You really see just the tip of her nose. Put your cursor on the tip of her nose. That a boy. Thank you. Right there's the tip of her nose. See her eyelash right above it? She has long eyelashes. See that right there? Do you see that? How many see the beautiful lady? All right, now stop seeing the beautiful lady. Right now tell your mind, look at the, the other lady. Let's be nice here. Do you see it? Now if you focus on the other lady, I'm going to see this other lady until my mind tells me I want to go see the other lady. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? I believe that has a lot to do with our mind, our circumstances that we find ourselves in, situations that we find ourselves in. And I want us to be healthy. I want your families to be healthy. I want you to be healthy. So I want you to, I want you to dwell in Philippians 4.8. Matter of fact, the entire book of Philippians, I want you to park there. The entire book of Philippians, Paul wrote in one of the worst times of his life while he was in prison but yet he refused to allow his circumstances to bring him down and he wrote one of the most joyful books in the entire new testament at one of the worst times of his life how did he do that he chose to think on good things right right now i'm not please don't misunderstand me i'm not talking about salvation here i'm talking about victorious christian living are you with me you understand what i'm saying here so Here's John Maxwell made this quote. He said this, Your life today is a result of your thinking yesterday, and your life tomorrow will be determined by what you think today. So then why should we embrace good thinking? Let me give you a few reasons here. Number one, I want you to jot this down. Why should we embrace good thinking? Because good thinking creates the foundation for good results. Good thinking creates the foundation for good results. That's one of the reasons why we should embrace good thinking. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 15 and verse 28. It says, the godly think before speaking. Right? So Proverbs is telling us that, hey, we need to be thinking. Right? The godly think before speaking. It's really the the law of the harvest, right? The law of the harvest is simply you reap what you sow. If you're going to sow corn, you're going to reap corn. If you're going to sow soybeans, you're going to reap soybeans. If you're going to sow wheat, you're going to reap what? 
wheat. So it's so easy in the natural world to accept this, but few, few really understand it whenever it comes to the mental or the moral world. Let's look at the next verse in, in Job verse four, 4 in verse number 8. Job says, my experience shows that those who plant trouble and cultivate evil will harvest the same. Proverbs 22, 8. He who sows iniquity will reap sorrow. Hosea 8, 7. For they have sown the wind and they shall reap the whirlwind. So really, I want you to see that the foundation for good results is really good thinking. Right? It's the intellect. It's the mental part of of our being that we need to pay attention to. Number two, I want you to get this. What's another good reason why we should embrace good thinking? Number two is because good thinking increases our potential. It really does. Good thinking increases our potential. James Allen, in his book that he wrote, As a Man Thinketh, says this, and I quote, he says, you will become, get this, as small as your controlling desire or as great as your dominant aspiration. Let that sink in. You will become as small as your controlling desire or as great as your dominant aspiration. Proverbs 23, 7, King Solomon said this. He says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Right? Thinking shapes us. Does it? So if we want to increase our potential, I think we've got to pay attention to our thinking. Another reason why we should embrace good thinking, number three, is this. Because good thinking produces more good thinking if you make it a habit. Okay? We need to, we need to recreate some habits in our life. Right? One of the things we need to recreate is this thing called good thinking. And if we will make it a habit to have good thinking, then it's going to create more good thinking, which is going to create more good results for us and more, some better potential for us, right? And at the end of the day, I understand I'm not trying to be humanistic. I'm not trying to be secular. And I realize I get in trouble with preachers and with sometimes Christians that are really dogmatic. That, you know, I've preached this kind of stuff before, and I get some emails, people misunderstanding what I'm saying. I'm not replacing salvation. I'm talking about victorious Christian living. It has a lot to do with the way we think. Are you with me? And I've tried everything I've shared with you, I've tried to give you a lot of Scripture that backs up really what I'm trying to share with you. Okay? But listen to this about a habit. I am your constant companion. I am your greatest helper or your heaviest burden. I will push you onward or drag you down to failure. I am completely at your command. Half of the things you do, you might just as well turn over to me, and I will be be able to do them quickly and correctly. I am easily managed. You must merely be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want something done, and after a few lessons, I will do it automatically. I am the servant of all great men, and alas, the failures as well. Those who are great, I have made great. Those who are failures, I have made failures. I am not a machine, though I work with all the precision of a machine, plus the intelligence of all men. You may run me for profit, or you may run me for ruin. It makes no difference to me. Take me, train me, be firm with me. I will place the world at your feet. Be easy with me, 
and I will destroy you. Who am I? I am habit. So what is your habits? We need to recreate some good thinking habits in our life. Are you with me? So how do we establish good thinking? I'm going to give you three things. I'm done. How do we establish good thinking? The Bible says that Jesus increased in intellect or wisdom, I should say. So we need to be focusing on our mind. We need to be paying attention to a lot of the scripture where it talks about the way that we're thinking. If we're going to be balanced as Jesus was in Luke 2:52, and if our families are going to be balanced as well. Three things I want to share with you on how we establish good thinking. Number one is this. You need to get this. This is where the rubber meets the road. Okay? Here's your takeaway from all of this. Number one, you need to expose yourself to good input. Okay? Remember last week I shared with you where Satan, what is Satan's weapon that he uses? I shared this last week. Lies, right? It's, it's lies. And what area is he going to attack first? Your mind, right? So we've got to exercise our mind to good strength, okay? The way we do that is have good input. You remember what I shared with you last week? Garbage in, garbage out, right? So we've got to be careful. We've, we must be intentional about being the keeper of the gate. And when I'm talking about the keeper of the gate, I'm talking about the eye gate, the ear gate. We must be good keepers of the gate. We just don't let anything in. Right? If we're going to have good, strong thinking, then we can't just flood our minds with everything. We must have good input. We must expose ourselves to good input. Once again, I'm quoting Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And you know that passage. We read it together just a moment ago. But all those things, Paul said, I want you to be thinking on those things. Get this. You are the keeper of the keys. You are the guard at the gate. Waiting in line to get through the door is love and also hate. In line to enter is gentle peace and also violent war. You must choose who may and who may not come through the door. Intolerance tries to sneak on through on wings of fear or pride. It hides behind dreams of belonging and tries to sneak inside. Oh, be alert. You're the guard who decides who goes and who may stay. You are the keeper of the keys to your mind Who will you let in today? And every day we get to make a choice. Who we are going to allow to come in to our mind. So we must guard what goes in the eye gate. We must guard what goes in the ear gate. So if we're going to have good positive input, it starts with this. It starts with reading God's Word. Along with... Some other good material that you should be reading. Okay? How many are readers? Man, I want you to be readers. If it's just a little bit, get something good. Start with the Bible. 
and then get some other good material as well and read a little, okay? You'll be amazed at how it starts transforming your mind. But read good stuff, okay? Not crazy, wacko, weird stuff. There's some stuff out there like that, right? I'm amazed that sometimes I go into bookstores and, and I see some books. I'm like, who in the world would read this stuff? Right? Don't, don't think, oh, it's just pleasure. No, it isn't. You're allowing something to come in to your mind that I promise you is going to have some type of effect on you. Okay? So don't just allow everything in. Allow good things in. Number two is this. Expose yourself to good thinkers. There are some fabulous teachers, preachers, speakers across our country today. You need to be reading their stuff. You need to be exposing yourself to some good thinkers. If you want a list of who I like to read after and who I like to follow and some of the books that I would recommend, email me. I'd love to have that conversation with you. But we need to expose ourselves. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. I want to expose myself. I'm always reading. Always reading. I'm always listening. Now, I've got podcasts that I listen to. I've got sermons that I go and read. Because I've got to get fed somewhere. I can't just preach all the time. Right? That's output. I've got to have input, right? I need preaching as much as anybody needs preaching. So I've got preachers I listen to on a weekly basis. I listen to them. I want to hear them. I want to hear what thus saith the Lord from them. So I'm hearing what God is trying to get to me, right? So expose ourselves to good thinkers. And then number three is this one. Schedule time to think. Schedule time to think. Dan Cathy, the president and CEO of Chick-fil-A today, talks about his scheduled time for thinking. But before I give you his time, let me ask you, do you have any time on the calendar just to think? You need to have thinking time. On my calendar, I have a lot of things. But I also have a spot where I just think. And when I get to that time of the week on that day... I don't answer the phones. I don't answer email. I'm not looking at anything else. I just need time to think. And you'll be amazed at how you can really start seeking and understanding the direction of the Lord when you just push the pause button of life and take time to sit and reflect and think. Remember I told you last week, Living life is noisy and how you got to block out the noise. God's the same is true whenever you get to your scheduled time of thinking. You've got to block out the noise. You've got to turn things off. Right? This era that we live in of this 24-7 being connected, I don't think is healthy. You need to have time when you turn things off. Amen? Dan Cathy says that he schedules time to think. Here's his thinking schedule. He says, half a day every two weeks, this is when he puts in his calendar to think. He sets aside time to think for half of a day every two weeks, 
one whole day every month, two or three days every year. Just time to think. Now, we need to have some time in our calendars to where we just reflect and think. I'm going to ask the band to come. I'm done with that. The value of good thinking. I love this part. And I hope and pray that it's been a blessing to you. I hope there's some things you've been able to receive to help you be balanced. Luke 2.52, Jesus increased in wisdom, intellect, his mind, and in stature, that's the physical, and in favor with God, that's the spiritual, and in favor with man, that's the social. We need to bring that around the family table. And we need to be sure that as parents, we are helping our children to be good thinkers. Right? We're helping them to increase in intellect and in their mind. And we're teaching some of this stuff to them. Next week, I'm going to be talking about he increased in stature, the physical part. But the mind today. So let me ask you a question. Are you scheduling time to think? Are you reading good material? Do you have good input? It starts with the Word of God. Read God's Word. And then have good input. Listen to good things. Right? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word and all that it teaches about our thinking. Lord, we need to be intentional. Romans 12, 2 says we're not to be conformed to the things of this world. That's just simply being passive and just letting today come and go. And us not intentionally trying to transform ourselves through the renewing of our mind. Father, I pray you'd help us to be intentional about this. Help us to be aggressive. Like the caterpillar in the cocoon that's aggressively squirming and going through the transformation process in our minds. Help us to be intentional about the transformation that needs to be taking place in our life through the renewing of our mind in the Word of God. And as we're studying the Word of God and we're reading other authors that, that love the Lord and that are challenging us and challenging our thinking and helping us to read and understand and process good thoughts it's going to have an impact on our life Lord I pray you help us in the area of our thinking and Father my prayer today if there's someone here that does not know you as their personal Savior it begins with salvation may they not even try to jump into the good thinking side of things because Without Christ, without the Holy Spirit within us, which is our paraclete, which is the one who comes alongside of us, us and strengthens us 
and leads us and partners with us in this endeavor. There's no way we can do this by ourselves. Father, if there's one here today that doesn't know you as their Savior, may they know that you love them, that you died on the cross for them, that you rose again victoriously for them. And if they'll just simply call on your name, The Bible says in Revelation 3.20 that behold, I stand at the door and knock and if any man open the door, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. God, maybe someone here today needs to open the heart of their door, the door of their heart and ask you to come into their life. And Father, I pray that right now they would do that. And for that one that's here today that wants to receive you as their Savior, may they pray a prayer like this. And if that's you today, will you simply just repeat this prayer silently in your heart to God as sincerely as you know how. Just say, dear God, I realize that I have sinned. I need a Savior. And I believe that Jesus is the perfect Lamb, sinless Lamb of God that died on the cross for my sins and the sins of the whole world. And I believe He's your Son. I believe he died on the cross. I believe he was buried in the tomb and he rose again victoriously the third day. And right now I receive him as my Savior. I pray, God, you forgive me of my sins as I repent of them and confess them to you. And ask you, God, to cleanse me and clothe me in the righteousness of your Son. For those that prayed that prayer today, I just want to say welcome to the family. You're part of the family of God. Father, I pray for those that prayed that prayer today that you would give them reassurance in their heart, in their life, even now. For those that rededicated their life, for those that just confessed that they haven't been thinking in a positive, good way that we should be thinking. We've been caught up in negative thinking. We've been pessimistic about things. The sky has always fallen. Everything is always wrong. God, forgive us of that. Help us to look around and see all the many wonderful things you have blessed us with. And help us to praise you. Father, transform our mind and use us for your kingdom work. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people, let's say amen together. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.